hello and welcome to the 49ers First and 10 podcast, 10 minutes of the most up-to-date 49ers news first thing in the morning. I'm your host, Brianna McDonald, and I'm joined by 49ers team reporter, Lindsay Pilares, and special guest, David Lombardi from The Athletic. David, thanks for joining the podcast. Of course. I'm happy to be on. How are you doing? Doing great. All right. So before we get started on all things about the Week 14 matchup, we wanted to highlight former San Francisco 49ers kicker Robbie Gold. He announced his retirement on Thursday. Lindsay, could you share a bit about the impact he's had in the Bay? Yeah, I think uh, Robbie Gold will forever live in San Francisco 49ers playoff lore. Um, he spent six seasons of his career here. It was his final stop before retiring after an 18-season career, which is crazy. Um, so he spent some time with the Patriots, Ravens, Bears, Giants. And like I mentioned, the 49ers were his last stop. Um, and I think people will remember him for, you know, really personable guy, perfect in the postseason. He's got a perfect postseason kicking record, 29 for 29 on field goal attempts made, 39 extra points. Um, he also will end his career as number 10 on the NFL's list of all-time leading scorers. He put up nearly 2,000 points throughout his career. And within the 49ers franchise, he finished as the 49ers fourth time all fourth all-time scoring leader with 704 points and second in field goals made with 161. And the reason that I say Robbie Gold will forever live in 49ers playoff lore is because of a 45-yard field goal that he kicked uh, in the NFC divisional round game against the Packers two seasons ago. Uh, to clinch the berth to the NFC Championship game uh, in that 2021 season. It, snow was coming down, you know, weather that Californians should not be in, um, and it was just one of the craziest kicks ever made. Uh, the game was tied at 10, and that, that sealed the deal for a walk-off win for the 49ers. So congratulations to Robbie Cold on an amazing career. Absolutely. So now as the 49ers have been preparing to face the Seattle Seahawks this Sunday, a new name has joined the roster. Lindsay, could you also share some information on the 49ers' newest safety, Logan Ryan, and why the team made the move to sign him? Yeah, so uh, Logan Ryan is a veteran safety, and he had just a – a little bit of an unconventional uh, signing with the 49ers. He actually hadn't been with a team in 2023, uh, but he's a two-time Super Bowl champ. Uh, he won his Super Bowls with the Patriots uh, kind of in their heyday in the 2016 uh, era. Uh, but yeah, he comes to San Francisco just because of the recent injuries to the secondary. Um, over the course of the last four weeks, the 49ers have lost all pro safety talent, Hufanga, and also special teams ace uh, George Odom. So they definitely wanted to just shore up the secondary. Uh, the move to pick up Logan Ryan is one of a few roster moves the team has made um, over the past couple weeks. Um, and he just provides the team with some versatility in the secondary. Um, you know, he's listed as a safety, but he has played in all three positions. So quarterback, nickel and safety. He's got that championship pedigree um, that everybody talks about. And Kyle Shanahan does have some experience playing against him. So a familiar face. Um, and yeah, he was actually on a cruise uh, to the Bahamas when he found out that the 49ers had interest in him. And then he said he spent the rest of his uh, 
family vacation watching film and, you know, just getting ready for what was to come after he docked. So, um, yeah, this was his first week with the Niners. All right. Well, the faithful will welcome him this Sunday at Levi's Stadium. But as we dive into this week 14 matchup, David, what are your thoughts on the Niners opponent this week in the Seattle Seahawks and what their performance has been like recently? Losing three straight, but still keeping a couple to close games. Well, they didn't keep the game against the 49ers close, and they haven't kept any one of the the matchups over the past two seasons close. And I think that it starts with the 49ers just being a lot better along the defensive line than Seattle has been on the offensive line. The 49ers have 86 pressures against the Seahawks over the past two seasons. That's spread out over four games. They played on Thanksgiving two weeks ago, and then they played three times last year because there was a game in the divisional round. But i never seen anything like that before. 86 pressures against one team over a four-game stretch. That's obviously averaging over 20 a game. I think that, that Nick Bosa's had his way against both of Seattle's offensive tackles. But, you know, if I would say something that's particularly striking about the 49ers and their success against Seattle, it's that, yes, they've been – They've been really solid, and they've had the clear advantage up front, but they've also had the advantage in both pass games, the offensive pass game and defending it. And for a Seattle team that has DK Metcalf, and on the other side, they pride themselves uh, in the quality of their young cornerbacks, uh, Reek Woolen and Devon Witherspoon. The fact that the 49ers have have dominated both of those matchups with Charvarius Ward covering Metcalf and with uh, the 49ers receivers, I think, really, really getting the best of the Seattle cornerbacks, especially in terms of yards after the catch. Uh, I think it just illustrates that that this 49ers team um, has had such a pronounced advantage over what, what Seattle has done because they've won even on, uh, you know, even in the facets of the game that should be Seattle's strength. And and there's a reason why the 49ers have won four in a row against these guys. Yeah, and with these divisional games, Familiarity plays such a big role in each team's game planning. Not only are they facing each other twice in such a short time span, but these two teams have gone at it and made it competitive for years now. So, Lindsay, can you explain how the 49ers approach such a familiar opponent like the Seahawks? Yeah, you know, I think we heard several people talk about it this week from head coach Kyle Shanahan to Nick Bosa to Fred Warner. This is a team that you see twice a year, every year. Um, and neither team really goes about reinventing the wheel when game planning for each other. They know what they're going to bring. And kind of like David mentioned, it's going to be a battle up front. And really, it is about shutting down Seattle's pass catchers, which we saw the 49ers be able to do in that Thanksgiving game. Um, and head coach Kyle Shanahan said, yeah, it doesn't necessarily make game planning simpler. But you know what you have to do? The plan's pretty clear. Um, and then it's just sticking to assignments and playing that clean game. Um, so it's, it's, again, it's a lot of what you're going to see the same attack points, um, but just execution becomes really important in these games. So since the 49ers are getting ready to face the Seahawks in such a short turnaround, facing them for a second time in just three weeks, that Thanksgiving game is still pretty fresh in our minds. David, what are some rematches you're looking forward to watching this Sunday? Well, that Charvarius Ward DK Metcalf battle to me is fascinating because, uh, uh, Metcalf actually got him in the playoffs last year for a deep touchdown at the start of the game. But other than that, ever since Charvarius Ward signed with the 49ers at the start of 2022, uh, he has played his very, very best football 
against DK Metcalf. And it's not like he even made an error on, on that touchdown. It was just good beating good. And, and normally it's been Charvarius Ward's good beating DK Metcalf's good. And the 49ers made sure this came from John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan. They absolutely made sure uh, in the last matchup two weeks ago that Charvarius Ward would follow around DK Metcalf. Normally the 49ers play defense where uh, a corner takes one half of the field, the other corner takes the other half of the field. And whether it be man or zone, they just cover that half of the field. They made sure that Charvarius Ward would follow DK around everywhere. And he had one catch against him on six targets, one, just one catch for 14 yards two weeks ago. And I heard DK talk about it this week, how much respect he has for Ward, because there aren't many corners who can follow uh, a receiver of his physical skill set around successfully. And just last week, Seattle played Dallas and Deron Bland, who who has all those pick sixes this year. And a lot of people are talking about him as the defensive uh, player of the year, the cornerback for the Cowboys. He got beaten at the very start of the game for a long touchdown against against DK Metcalf. So uh, it just I think that probably helps solidify people's appreciation of what Ward has been able to do against Metcalf. He's just so very, very rarely gotten beaten by him. He didn't get beaten two weeks ago. That 14 yard catch was a harmless one. And I think if the 49ers can choke that off again, and obviously that that starts with Ward, they're going to be well on their way to, to, to winning this game. They're heavy favorites for a reason. And that's uh, because that one area where, where Seattle might have an advantage over most opponents they don't have it against the 49ers because of the way that Ward has played against Metcalf. All right, a highly anticipated game. But Lindsay, what are some injuries we should be monitoring heading into Sunday? Yeah, there's quite a few names on San Francisco's uh, injury report, but there's really two I'm looking at, and that's offensive lineman Spencer Burford, who's dealing with a knee injury, and then also wide receiver Ray Ray McLeod, who has for most of the season uh, served as the 49ers return specialist. Uh, everyone else on this list, Eric Armstead, Ross Dwelly, uh, Darrell Luter, um, not expected to play on Sunday. Those two, uh, Spencer Burford was said to have a possibility to play Sunday, but he did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Ray Ray McLeod was also said to be day-to-day by head coach Kyle Shanahan with a rib injury, um, and he has not practiced this week yet either. We'll obviously get more about uh, participation statuses later today from head coach Kyle Shanahan, but those are the two I'm kind of watching. Um, Chances obviously always significantly go down when you don't have a day of practice, but there is the Friday workout still a possibility for those two. And finally, on our Friday episodes, we like to share some bold predictions. So David, what's your bold prediction for this game? Well, my bold, can I go include this game and go a little bit beyond this game because Philadelphia and Dallas are going to be playing after and that's going to that's gonna impact <laughs> the 49ers as well? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I, I think the 49ers are going to be the number one seed, uh, number one in the NFC standings by the end of Sunday because I do think they're going to beat the, the Seahawks. I don't think I have to be all that bold and saying that. Obviously, they, they've had their way with the Seahawks. They have a considerably more talented roster. But uh, the 49ers are going to be doing some scoreboard watching as soon as that game is done because Sunday night, Philadelphia is going to be heading into Dallas. And if Dallas beats the Eagles, which I think will happen, the 49ers will be in that number one spot in the NFC because they hold the tiebreaker over the Eagles after what happened last week. So th- this is going to be a fun uh, afternoon and evening, evening slate of football 
uh, for the 49ers to both play and, and then watch. And I do think they'll be in that number one spot by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, we'll just have to see. So, Lindsay, what is your bold prediction for this Sunday? Well, I can't top that, but um, I'm going to go for another four touchdown performance for Brock Purdy, who has just been playing lights out for the Niners. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, Faithful, tune into the game. The Week 14 matchup is set to kick off at 1.05 p.m. Pacific time this Sunday on Fox. But that will do it for today. Thank you so much, Lindsay and David, for joining me in this update. Don't forget to follow First and 10 on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Turn on the notifications so you're in the know when we post any breaking news updates. And thank you, Faithful, for tuning in. 